Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory from the Relevant Radio app. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. Much of Pope St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body is a theology of friendship because it's a theology of human anthropology. And at the end of the day, we are created as human beings for relationship. And that's been at the core of this series, which I want to turn now to the part of our Theology of the Body series. We're walking through these catechetical talks, 73 through 86, where it's called celibacy for the kingdom of heaven or continence for the kingdom of heaven. And there's this question that's raining. Why would someone choose virginity or celibacy? Is it even possible to remain in this state of life? Now, I think this is relevant for so and I wanted to contextualize this because there's debate even within the church and people outside of the church that it's impossible for a priest to be celibate. In fact, I think this is a terrible argument, but I hear people pointing to this as the cause of the scandals within the church. No, that's called people being unfaithful to their vocation. Now, the secular culture embraces zero confines to sexuality, both inside and outside of marriage. Extramarital affairs, divorce, sex outside of marriage, porn, all of it's a norm today. And so I think that's why for many people, even inside the, perch, it, inside the church, it almost seems unfathomable to think that someone could remain chaste, that someone could remain a virgin. Even if you think about psychology, Freudian psychology has truly skewed perspective on this with this idea that people can't control themselves and that sexuality is all we're motivated by in life. Pope St. John Paul II in his Theology of the Body builds up this understanding of continence for the kingdom of heaven, that is celibacy and virginity for the kingdom of heaven. He turns to the words of Jesus Christ and he says this is key to the anthropology that we've been developing in Theology of the Body. He cites Matthew chapter 19, where Jesus says this, Not all understand it, but only those to whom it has been granted. For there are eunuchs who were born this way from their mother's womb. There are some who were made eunuchs by men. And there are others who made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven. Let anyone understand this who can. So Jesus just laid out three types of people who could be living celibate lifestyles. One are people who were born with some sort of defect. By no choice of their own, this is how their bodies were. There are also those who were made eunuchs by people, by harmful people doing things against their will. And third, there are others, he says, who made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven. Now, we're not talking about bodily mutilation, but we're talking about a sacrifice for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. It's a state in life. It's a choice to preserve oneself, to value in a different way and give yourself in a different way in terms of your sexuality. So in Matthew 19, I want to focus in on where Pope St. John Paul II spends much of his focus in this idea of continence for the kingdom of heaven, that is celibacy and virginity. He says, others who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven. Those are the words of Jesus. In other words, there was a purpose behind their virginity and celibacy. The purpose is the kingdom of heaven. And I think this is a key element. 
And Pope St. John Paul II does, in a side note, mention that the question of continence for the kingdom of heaven is not set in opposition to marriage. Instead, it's not even a commandment where he says everyone should remain this way. Although St. Paul himself in his writings actually does talk about remaining single. If you are, because you can focus on your relationship, just you and God, without all the additional things that come with marriage and family life that can be distractions from God, but also can be a means of a path to virtue, a path to union with God. So what this is considered when we talk about celibacy and virginity is a council of the church, and it's one that we should heed and consider. We shouldn't be looking at this from a Manichaean interpretation, which is a heresy where we reject the body and soul and say, oh, we can just reject the body and it's easy, just become a virgin or a celibate. But we also can't reject the soul either in this great sacrifice that is possible even in our bodily state here on earth. The choice of celibacy, Pope St. John Paul II says, for the kingdom of heaven turns us to look at the eschatological call of virginity for the kingdom. What he's saying is that when we have the perspective, and this is the part of the theology of the body we're in, we're talking about the resurrection of the body, the redemption of the body. In other words, all of human anthropology must be focused on the life of the world to come. That is on heaven in union with God in heaven. And so the perspective of considering and living out a celibate virginal lifestyle is for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. There's purpose to it, just like there ought to be purpose and sacrifice in a faith-filled element to marriage. It's at the core. That's why it's a sacrament, just as holy orders is a sacrament. Now, something that kind of blew my mind that I hadn't really pondered, but the theology of the body takes some time where Pope St. John Paul II walks through the example of celibacy lived out in the Holy Family by all three members of the Holy Family, Mary and her virginal conception and birth, Joseph, the most chaste and virginal spouse, Jesus, the virginal sacrifice he made on the cross. I never really pondered it, but if you think about it, I don't know what other way to say this. I'm sure Jesus Christ had prospects, people offering their children in marriage women who were interested, but he, his mother and father, all chose to live as tradition holds and scripture points to a virginal life, a life where they saved themselves for the kingdom of heaven. And through that, they still served. And although in a very unique way in family life, we see this example in the holy family, the holiest people who have walked this earth, this sign of virginity. That's why when Pope St. John Paul II says when considering virginity and celibacy, we're looking at eschatological virginity from the perspective of the kingdom of heaven being lived out here on earth. What he's talking about, when we talk about eschatology, those are the end things. We're talking about union with God, entering into the kingdom of heaven. And that requires virtue. That requires being stainless without blemish. That requires purging of those things that are leading us to sin. But when Pope St. John Paul II talks in the Theology of the Body about virginity and celibacy, he emphasizes a number of things that I think we need to take into our attitude about virginity, celibacy, holy orders, religious life, that our current culture tends to have a Freudian mindset saying it's not possible. Priests should just marry. Here's what Pope St. John Paul II 
diving into the tradition and scripture of the church says it's possible by the grace of the Holy Spirit. This is why Jesus himself says, not everyone can understand this. This vocation isn't for everyone. Pope St. John Paul II says this choice is connected with renunciation and also with a determined spiritual effort. Like marriage, we could say, where marriage needs supernatural strength, this vocation needs supernatural strength as well. Pope St. John Paul II says that a person who lives this lifestyle submits his spirit when he chooses continence in the body, that is for the kingdom of heaven. I would also add, just pondering this, that it does require angelic intervention, that our guardian angels, in other words, and other angels, I'm sure, can assist us in living out a vocation of celibacy. Because we see this in scripture. Our Lady had angelic intervention with the angel Gabriel, as did St. Joseph, with angelic intervention in dreams. The third thing is, I think it's important that we understand that in the theology of the body, while there's been this hyper-focus on marriage and human anthropology and the complementarity between male and female and body and soul, that this isn't doing away with everything we've been building on in the last 13 weeks in the Theology of the Body series. In fact, even when talking about continence for the kingdom of heaven, celibacy and virginity, Pope St. John Paul II talks about how this is a fulfillment of the spousal meaning of the body because you acknowledge the sacrifice of everything that's being given up. And even in celibacy and virginity, spiritual motherhood and fatherhood can and should be exercised. It's similar to marriage in that there needs to be, as Pope St. John Paul II says, perfect conjugal love marked by faithfulness and gift. In other words, if you choose a life of virginity and celibacy, you're called to perfect faithfulness and to make and trans and to be transformed into the image of Christ, into the body of Christ, to make that perfect sacrifice. And that's why this is only possible through the perfection of Christ, through the perfection of the church. That's why this is a choice. And sometimes choices are so frightening because we realize then that we're free through the grace of Jesus Christ to follow these higher callings, these great counsels of the church that are possible through the grace of the Holy Spirit. We'll touch more on living out the vocation of celibacy tomorrow in our Theology of the Body series and move on to great commentary from Pope St. John Paul II on St. Paul's call to be submissive to your husband and for a husband to love his bride as Christ did.